Well, I want to welcome everyone to the Go series. Uh, the Go series has been going on for quite some time, and there's been a few weeks off, quite a few weeks, like maybe try like a month or something like that. But anyway, Shomer Man is good. Everything is back, and um, not really sure what the post schedule will be. But what I decided that I wanted to do is go back to making an intro for Go, because I made an intro for the GT series, but I didn't make an intro for the Go series. I just kind of got right to it. So I just want to let you know that, first of all, Go is an acronym as well as a word, uh, and it, it's like all sorts of pun intended, because I'm all about puns. So maybe some of you know that, and maybe some of you don't know that, but just in case you didn't, now you know. And as we say, the more you know. So um, with Go, Go is a few different things. It's game face on. It is go off. It is uh, getting organized. And uh, yeah, any kind of G-O statement that you can think of. Um, my, one of my personal favorites is like the old school boxing match where you hear the ding, ding. All right, let's get it on. You know, uh, so yeah. That's that's another uh, acronym for go, even though there's extra words in there. So that'd be like L-G-I-O, which, you know, it's just kind of like, OK. But anyway, so it kind of breaks down, obviously, on that one. But yes, Game Face on uh, the Go Off series, um, Get Ula Oriented uh, is another one, um, Redemption Minded, basically. And so... That would obviously tie to Colossians chapter 3, setting our minds on things above at the right hand where Mashiach is seated. So with the Go series, I want to just, first of all, encourage everyone, no matter what level of study that you're at, that yes, uh, these podcasts are super long, but if you have the Anchor app, they are broken out into segments. So uh, I want to encourage everyone, if you get the Anchor app, you can actually click on the episode, not hitting the play button, but click on the title of the episode and it'll bring up the whole thing and you'll see all the different clips that it's broken out into. I was trying to be real fancy and like drop in some some Iron Man sounds, you know, because because I'm just I like Iron Man just like a little bit, you know, not like too much, but just a little bit. But no, I'm kidding. But anyway, I dropped those in just to kind of help with transitions. But you know what? We just got to get it organized, get it on, you know, get it done, get it in, you know, whatever you want to call it. So I'm going to take those away because it just adds extra stuff. It's kind of cool sounding, but, you know, we got to get down to business. So that's the GDTB, getting down to business. But anyway... We gonna be doing all that right now because with the Go series, the reason why I did this is because one of the things I'm quickly finding out is that there's so much information in so little time, and we really just need to pick up and make it happen. You know, it's like, yeah, you want to really wait to certain points when you get everywhere, like. You know, everyone talks about when you study the Kabbalah that you want to be at least 40 years old. And it's just kind of like, okay. And that means a few different things. You know, uh, literally it does mean 40 years. I get it. 
Um, but it also is you don't really want to put yourself just in the Kabbalah and not have at least 40 years uh, worth of experience in just the Peshat level of Torah, much less the um, Remez or the Drosh. OK, like the illusionary level and the survey level, um, you know, you want to make sure you're good in that. And furthermore, if you don't even understand Mashiach's words, you know, you definitely want to back down on Kabbalah because Mashiach taught Kabbalistically and heavy on the ballistic <laughs> because it was explosive the way he taught. Like, I am the bread of heaven or I am the vine. Those are very, very Kabbalistic concepts. And so uh, those go over the head of people very, very quickly if you don't understand those uh, foundational connections. What is bread? You know, because we find out that the Torah is bread. We find out that the vine has to do with Israel. And so what is Mashiach saying when he says, I'm the true vine? You know, I'm the true Israel. You know, what what does that mean? You know, and so, yes, I'm going to leave it there because uh, I could go forever talking about that, but I'm not going to because this is just the intro. And again, I know I'm doing the intro way later into the series, but I just think it's really important to address these things that uh, as we're picking up and going and really just diving headfirst into a lot of stuff that uh, first, I thank each of you who tune into my podcast and are willing to go there and be crazy with me uh, for other people who are reserved about that. You know, I want to encourage you, you know, glean what you can. Uh, just let me play in the background. And if you hear some, great. And if not, you know, great. Um, if you listen to the Aliyah Day, that's actually what I prefer. Uh, that is from Rabbi Mordechai Griffin, of Sar Shalom and the P Judaism. So if you'll check him out, you can Google him. He's also on Anchor. And uh, the P Judaism with the blue logo is a is an account on YouTube that you can actually subscribe to and click on like buttons and share videos from. Uh, there's a lot of heavy artillery on there. So if you are serious about uh, grabbing a hold of some really beautiful uh, concepts and understandings and teachings that will realign your heart, your soul, your mind to the lifestyle, the way of Mashiach and his followers, Mashiach Yeshua, that is, then, you know, that's what that channel is all about. So if you want to check that out, it's amazing. Okay. So the other thing I wanted to say, I wanted to talk about this concept of uh, being able to take in uh, all these different sources, uh, all these different reading materials that are out there via like, I don't know, Google or Bing or any kind of general internet search engine. Uh, when you are going through things and you're looking up stuff, uh, it's preferable to start with your Humash. It's preferable to start with Rashi, preferable to start with a Sidur, preferably to start with your own rabbi. So before you just kind of launch out into stuff, you know, uh, get get anchored down, it's pun intended, get anchored in some good sources uh, like, you know, Rashi, Ramban, Rambam, Baal HaTurim, Or HaChaim, and especially Ankalos. 
I would actually uh, recommend Ankylos even before Rashi. Okay, because there's an understanding in Judaism that you should actually read Rashi once and read Ankylos twice. You know, like when you read the Torah portions, like read your Torah portion and have that commentary, the, the Humash commentary, go through that and then follow that up with two more readings to the Torah via Ankylos. So uh, a lot of people want to try to go out and buy the Zohar and want to go buy the Midrash Rabbah, want to go buy the Talmud. And it's like, don't know Ankylos? Probably don't want to go there yet. Okay, uh, Ankylos holds it down some really good stuff, because when you understand that the Bible is originally written in Hebrew, like that's the thing. You got to grapple with that. You know, you can't just take the English at face value. The Torah is layers. And yeah, on the surface, it's stories. It's a few laws and things like that. And it's actually deeper than that because all of these stories are eternal value. And so you start to think about the eternal value and it's like, so how am I supposed to eternally learn from the life of Abraham or the life of Yosef or the life of David or the life of, you know, um, let me stick to Torah real quick. Just the Genesis through Deuteronomy Torah. Uh, life of Moses, life of Abraham, life of Yosef, the life of Noah, the life of Adam. Okay, how are we supposed to like learn from that like forever? And it's like, well, on the surface, that's what it is. But as you study the Torah more, there's depths and layers and levels that you will actually get into where these stories are just the outer garments is what it's called to the Torah. So you can like literally glean down beautiful concepts and amazing insights, which is what all the commentaries bring out, by the way. So you have to have what's called the oral Torah to get access to the layers, because if not, you'll be stuck with Johnny Mac and you'll be stuck with Rick Warren's. You'll be stuck with Spurgeon's and um who else? Uh, David Jeremiah's and Chuck Swindoll's and all sorts of stuff like that. Tony Evans and um, J Johnny Mac, by the way, is John MacArthur, for those who didn't know. Uh, and like all the different commentaries that you see uh, from the church Catholic, Catholic mindset, which, you know, there's some things in there that are kind of cool, but overall, it's going to be... Uh, like an uh, airplane going over the head of a person on the runway. As high as the airplane is, you know, going across, uh, I don't know, like a squirrel. It's going to miss you by that much if you don't have the oral tour. So an airplane, an airplane over a squirrel is what studying the word of God is like if you don't have the oral tour. Which is why throughout history, the oral Torah has had so much persecution because people love squirrels. And it's just kind of like, OK, so um, that's the, the one thing I want to tell you as far as the, the sources and the layers. The other thing I want to tell you, too, about going into all this other stuff 
if you don't have access to your own rabbi or if you don't have access to any of these sources that I've just mentioned, that you need to be able to chew on something and spit out the bones. Okay. Chicken is like amazing, but not all chicken is boneless. I myself prefer boneless chicken. If anybody's wondering, in case y'all want to, you know, send, send your boy a uh, chicken holla sandwich. You know what I'm saying? A holla chicken sandwich, a chicken holla sandwich, whatever you want to call it. I'll take it. So anyway, uh, but when you have chicken that has bones in it, the meat is like amazing. But if you swallow the bone, you're going to have some issues. So, for instance, uh, this is not throwing shade, but it may sound like throwing shade. So that's that's my uh, disclaimer, as I say my next statement, that there's a website called 13 Petals. And it's Zeus Casas, Casas, what's his name? Let me do this real quick. Get my facts straight. All right, so going on his site, 13petals.org, and he signs the end of his drops as X-U-S. Oh, how nice. He didn't do it on this one. But I think it's uh, Zeus Cassius or Casual. Come on, Zeus. Okay. Which is X-U-S. That's what I'm thinking that means. But uh, anyway, so he's got like some articles that he's done. Like on Parsha, Bereshit, he did uh, The Two Souls and Messiah. There it is. Zeus Kasal. There we go. All right. That's him. So uh, he's got some wonderful drops. It really reminds me of Ladder of Jacob, which is our Benny B. And um, reminds me of Gadai, which is G Shekel, uh, with Sleekai with Bet Israel. And so, you know, uh, as far as his articles go, I always key in on the sources. I don't really like go, all right, let's see what Homeboy has to say so I can like eat it up. I, I really kind of just kind of read through, like on this Two Souls drop here, he's got some. Sha'are Kedusha, which are the gates of holiness. He has some Lakute Amarim. So I see that on the page and I'm like, all right, let's see what this says. He says, so the Nishma Tayim, which can be understood as the soul of the source of eternal life. The Nishma Tayim is the source of or the soul of the source of eternal life. Okay. And he says, it is a portion or it says is a portion of God in us, which connects us to the higher life. Okay. You may have heard the the phrase or the word neshama. Okay. So this is where we're getting into one of the, the third level of soul in a person. We have a ruach, a nefesh, and a neshama. Okay, and then there's uh, two more souls beyond that if we merit them uh, through refinement of ourself, attachment to Hashem, uh, going through the Shabbat and things like that. So anyway, so he says from this, we understand that we have an animal soul, which is a nefesh, 
Bahamit, and we have a divine soul, a Nefesh Elokit. And it says, the divine soul is the source of our good inclination since it comes from the creator himself. And he says, see Lakute Amarim 4. And then he goes on, and the animal soul is the source of our evil inclination. The animal soul is the klipa, which is a shell that conceals divine light, which you can also see Sha'are Kedusha 3.1. So not that I take this drop here at face value, but let's choose some of the meat here. The meat is that we do have a Yetzir Tov and a Yetzahara, which is Yetzir Tov, good inclination, Yetzahara, evil inclination. And through this, we see that there, these two things are part of what attaches us and connects us to Hashem. That our animal soul conceals the light of God and that our divine soul, which is again, our nefesh elokit, the higher level. So your nefesh has two levels, your good, your good side and your bad side, which is kind of like your animalistic drives. And by the way, just so you know, just from the Yetzirah study, that the Yetzahara in and of itself is not bad. It's what happens if it's not channeled. So you being hungry is not an issue, but if you being hungry causes you to eat unkosher food or eat somebody else's food without asking, or uh, go steal somebody's food or steal from establishments just so you can eat, then that's where it becomes bad. So hence why, the part, the same half of that soul, the other half of that soul is your good inclination, which you can take your evil inclination, make it subject to your good inclination and cause your nephesh, you know, your uh, lowest level of soul to be unified and actually pull you up to Hashem. And through this, ele this ele element or process of pulling you up to Hashem, you actually access uh, eternal life. And so this is where like the obedience comes in, you being filled with the spirit of God, which is Ruach, you know, and things like that. And so you start to unlock those higher levels of your being that give you more illumination and understanding and draws you closer to Hashem. So that's kind of a mouthful, but that's a, a very, very small example of, of what I would say by uh, spitting out the bones after you kind of ingest the source. It works that way, by the way, for a lot of the sources, because uh, one of them uh, that we're still uh, going through is uh, the angel of Esau in the episode of Jacob wrestling with the angel uh, during the Parsha Vaishlak. So everybody's uh, under the understanding that when Yaakov, Jacob, wrestles with this angel, he says, I've seen the face of God. But yet Rashi brings down that this is the angel of Esau. And it's just kind of like, what in the world? Like, how is the face of God the angel of Esau? Because it's understood that the angel of Esau is Hasatan. And so it's like, hmm, I don't know about this. 
So, I mean, there's a lot to really work through there, but still, uh, as we have gone through the Parshot cycles a few years since I've been at Sar Shalom, um, and obviously others have been through it more than I have, and the discussion is, is going down, you know, there's nothing uh, conclusive yet of why and how to really link that angel that Yaakov wrestled with to the angel of Esau, but... That that source exists for a reason, you know, and if we accept Rashi there, why would we not accept him anywhere else? I mean, if we don't accept him there, why would we accept him anywhere else and vice versa? You know, so it's just kind of like, OK, either Rashi's uh, an illegitimate source or he is a source. And it's like, OK, so until, you know, we can link up. Why is the face of Hashem considered to be the angel of Esau? It's like, okay, what are we really talking about here? And I find it very interesting that we just talked about two parts of one soul, talking about the good inclination and the evil inclination, because Yaakov and Esau represent those two inclinations because they're twins. And, you know, uh, furthermore, Yaakov took the, the, uh, the birthright from Asaph. So Asaph had to subjugate himself to Yaakov. So, so much so that it is said that the hands are the hands of Esau, but the voice is the voice of Jacob. More commentary says that the descendants of Esau have to subject themselves and come in underneath the yoke of Yaakov. So what we're really looking at is the Yetzirah which is represented by the angel of Esau, has to subject itself to the Yetzirah Tov, which is represented by Yaakov. So yes, Yaakov, who is a man, seemingly was able to elevate or transcend some kind of way to deal with an angel. So raises himself up to a spiritual level. Hence why he got the name Yisrael, one who struggles with man and with God. Like the physical and the spiritual get you some and furthermore causes the powers of evil and and the powers of darkness to be subservient to the kingdom of light because that angel was held until it until it had to injure Yaakov to let it go. You know, and so you're thinking, why? Why did this have to be the way that the match ended? You know, and it's just kind of like. So Yaakov won, but he didn't win, you know, so what's up with that? And furthermore, after that incident was when he literally came face to face with Esau. And because of his victory over this angel, then when he met with Esau, you know, there was no, there was no fight left there because it had already been determined from this spiritual, physical confrontation previously. So... You know, um, there's just still a lot to work through. And that doesn't mean that you get shut down, you know, because this is another thing. What do you do when you come to such a conflict? And it's just like, keep going. Keep thinking about different uh, angles, different perspectives. And uh, shouts out to Iron Na'ar, the uh, the young, the Iron Lad, uh, one of our Avengers abroad, I will say. Uh, 
one of my coworkers. Uh, shouts out to him. Uh, he was telling me about this thing called an ambigram, where it's something on a flat surface, but no matter what perspective you look at it from, it's the same thing. And so, like, say, for instance, you write a word, you know, on a piece of paper. If it's an ambigram, no matter which way you twist or flip the paper, looking at it from the same side. So if you turn the paper sideways, if you turn the paper to the other side, if you kind of lay it flat, lay it face up, you know, and just kind of look at it from different angles from that one side, it reads the same thing. So apparently that's something that's possible. And that's the only thing I remember from the conversation, because after after he said that and what it was, I blacked out. Uh, so we talked about so much stuff. We literally talked for two hours. And uh, anyway, so from Iron Man to Iron Lad, uh, Toda Rabah. Uh, so anyway, that's something that exists. Like when we're looking at our sources that seem to have such dissonance, you're like, I don't see how this can work. I don't see how the angel of Asaph is going to bless Yaakov. It's just like, why would Yaakov want a blessing from the angel of Esau? It's just like, what? And I'll have you know that if you read Ankylos, oh my goodness, um, of course, I didn't bring it with me, but it talked about basically that the angel had to acknowledge the authority and the sovereignty of Yaakov. That's right. And <clears throat> there's a lot more to get into with that, but we'll just leave it there. So when you're reading these sources online, if you come across anything that has, has a lot of dissonance and static, you know, Take in, you know, what are the actual sources, okay? Uh, like the Lakutes, the Sephers, the Siftes, the Rabaz, the the Medrash, um, the Zohar, Bahaturim, Rashi, Orha Torah, you know, Lakute Torah, Lakute Sikot, uh, Midrash Tankuma, Pirke the Rebbe Eliezer. When you start seeing stuff like that, you can key in on that connect it back to the Torah part that it's quoting from or quoting on. Okay. And then link that up from there. So that way you stay free and clear of any kind of agendas, because sometimes a lot of the sources that are uh, online available, they are either anti-Semitic or they're uh, anti-missionary. And so it's just kind of like, you know, if you're a believer in Yeshua and you're trying to study Torah, Let's shoot you down real quick. Let's use sources to prove that Yeshua is illegitimate and that you're illegitimate for believing that Yeshua is legitimate. Yeah, so that's anti-missionariness. Like, uh, for example, the copious amounts of commentary that are out there that says a man shall die for his own sins. So therefore, if that's the case, then how are you going to say that this Mashiach person, this Messiah, this Redeemer is going to die for you? Because... You die for your own sins. Nobody can die for you. And it's just kind of like, well, somebody's manipulating sources. So dot, 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 <laughs> you know, awkward silence. And it's like, well, it's it's only dot, 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 awkward silence if you actually know the sources. But if you don't know the sources and you come across something like that, then that dot, dot, dot becomes a period and you kind of are left in a dead end. On the flip side of that, 
you know, there's this whole thing that apparently exists where people uh, don't want you to uh, leave where you are. Like if you're a non-Jew, stay a non-Jew. You can glean little bits of Torah here. You know, don't really do any of it, though. You can kind of listen to it. Maybe you don't really have to. It's actually best if you just be a good person. Be under uh, what's called grace. Even though that don't say it like that, that's really what it means. So you'll kind of come across things like that through the spectrums of whatever you may find. So with the Go series, I wanted to give everyone a, a platform and an opportunity to engage with a lot of this information and to help with showing how to connect dots and showing how to spit out bones and showing how to really bring it down from a high height to a low place, uh, no matter where you are. Maybe you're not on the high levels and you feel like, I'm on a low level. I barely understand what the written verse is. And it's like, you can actually take all these high level concepts and bring them down to that level. And so... That's what the Go series is about. So um, that's why I encourage people, if you have questions or whatever or anything like that, you can always feel free to message me and I will hook you up. So uh, anyway, so Baruch Hashem, hopefully this has been helpful information. Um, but, you know, we're just at a point, you know, really approaching the final redemption, really praying for it to happen in our times and in our days and uh, living accordingly, you know, living uh, full out for Hashem with all of our talents, gifts, and abilities to reach the nations for Torah, because that's who Yeshua sent us to. He didn't say, go talk to Jews. He said, go talk to the nations. Go talk to the non-Jews about Jewish stuff. That literally is the takeaway from Matthew 28. Go teach the nations about Jewish stuff. Say it with me. Matthew 28 is about Yeshua commanding us to go talk to the nations about Jewish stuff. All right, everyone. Well, that'll do it for this podcast. So thank you for tuning in to the G.O. intro. And uh, hopefully this was helpful. And may you have many blessings and a shalom and shavuotov.